Minister of State, Cahirlock. Would you like me to address you as that throughout the entire conversation, or can I, I use first names? <laughs> <laughs> we were always interested in current affairs, constantly interested in politics, constantly talking about it. The legislation that you introduced last week would be a direct barrier to those to the decision making to come in. Ireland would no longer be an attractive market. The Cahirlock of Leash County Council, by promising a It's not for the faint-hearted. Politics, you know, there can be cut and thrust, but at the end of the day, it's a really, really rewarding experience. Welcome to Leading the Change, a podcast mini-series brought to you by Finnegale. And it's all about encouraging women and people from diverse backgrounds to get involved in politics. I'm Maria Walsh, MEP for Midlands Northwest, and I'll be bringing you discussions with Finnegale representatives and activists on why they got involved in politics. In today's episode, we speak to Minister of State Jennifer Carol McNeil from Dunleary, County Dublin, and Cahirlock of the Leash County Council, Councillor Thomasina Connell from Port Leash in County Leash. I really, really enjoyed this conversation, got a broad range of their lived experiences and where they plan on going next. Uh, I hope you enjoy too. So delighted to, uh, to have Jennifer and uh, Thomasina here with us to chat about leading the change. And I'll start with you, uh, Jennifer. Well, actually both has had legal backgrounds in, in terms of um, occupations uh, and found yourselves in politics. Um, but Jennifer, you have worked as solicitor and barrister. You are all also have a doctorate mm. in uh, public policy and political science. Yes. Dare I yeah. say, probably one of the only, if not two, in our parliamentary party that has doctorates? I don't know. Well, you heard it here first. She's, okay. Uh, there. Um, how did you develop your interests uh, in, in politics? In politics, more mm. broadly, uh, I was always interested in the state, you know. And my mum was involved in Fine Gael when I was a kid and she was out canvassing during the 80s. She was always interested in Garrett Fitzgerald and my house was a very political house. They just hated Charles Hockey with, with a passion. But all my family, my grandparents were all Fianna Fáil, but uh, my dad hated Charles Hockey because of the corruption thing and loved Garrett Fitzgerald mm. and that was the big dynamic at our house. And actually, um, in my uh, primary school in sixth class, we had, instead of a nativity play, we had a political skit, right? It was at the time that Albert Reynolds, I know, right? Albert Thanks. Reynolds sacked the, uh, sacked the, or what, they sacked the cabinet anyway. And I was more a gay than Quinn in the sixth class nativity play. So it was a real political uh, political house, political environment. Amazing. There you go. Yeah, there you heard it there first. Because I often share... Um, in, in my kitchen table, we, we are community activists. Like Politics never yeah. came into the fore until I put my hand up and got involved in politics. Right. But sweeping community centres, church gate collections, marshalling, whatever, Paddy's Day Parade, whatever, senior citizen dinner, that was our style of politics. Yeah. So it's phenomenal to hear that you were steeped in it and well, that your mum you know, was yes a driving no, force because in the after because once I was about five or six she just got too busy and wasn't involved and I was never really involved after yeah. that you know from going to Ordesh when I was four to, to, to not being involved at all until I was in my late 20s um, and I was never a member of Young Fine Gael, I was never a member of the party never really involved but we were always interested in current affairs yeah. constantly interested in current affairs constantly interested in politics constantly talking about it in our house and when I went to Trinity and I studied business economic and social studies the first politics class I'll never forget just being completely swept up in it there was this brilliant brilliant lecturer who taught there for 30 years taught Russian and Eastern European politics and I was always fascinated by Russia and other political systems and that mm -hmm. and I just fell in love with political science and studying politics mm -hmm. and that's how I developed my academic career my academic interest in politics and um, 
And I was, you know, I was, I was a qualified lawyer and I'd gotten a scholarship to do my PhD in UCD, which is a great setup, you know, it was, it was, it was really good, really working hard, really enjoying it. But I was really lonely because I'd been used to working with colleagues and going yeah. for coffee at 11 o'clock or whatever else. And so I wanted to get back to work and I didn't want to be a solicitor. Um, and this ad job was advertised in the Sunday Independent. My mum spotted it, legal advisor in Andy Kenny's office. And I thought, oh, brilliant, a job where you can do law and politics at the same time. Um, and I applied with zero expectation of getting the job, zero expectation. And to my surprise, I got it. And then I was working in politics and, uh, in a legal capacity. So it was a brilliant job to get. Amazing, considering, you know, the women and this podcast is really driven towards women and, and uh, those from diverse backgrounds. And to hear that your mother not only whet the appetite first yeah. and then uh, ensured that you were... Uh, applying for jobs that were bringing you into the the centerfold of it. Thomasina, is the same for you, or what? probably a little bit different. Um, I'm not from a political uh, family. Uh, nobody in my family was really ever that interested, or the, so they thought that affected uh, by politics. And for me, really, where I kind of started out getting an interest was I was working as a solicitor here in Dublin. I was working in criminal defence down in the criminal courts and I think it was my first you know experience of dealing with people that had suffered serious you know disadvantage lack of opportunity um, and then conversations with friends that were in that space a lot of people were members of political parties and I didn't even know you know that was a thing like how, how do you become a member yeah. so I actually went online and I googled you know the differences between the political parties so after a few, couple of weeks I was like well, those guys are in Fine Gael. So I kind of like those. They've got the same sort of ethos as me. I went online and I paid my 10 euro and I got a letter in the post telling me to go to a meeting. <laughs> and I turned up. And I think I was one of two women in a room of 26 men. Uh, but a lot has changed uh, in our local Fine Gael branch. But that's really, for me, how I how I got started in, in politics and, and actually really making the choice to be a member of Fine Gael. Uh, on the basis that I felt it was the values that most aligned with my own. And then recently appointed uh, Cahirlock of Leash County Council. How has that been when you talk about coming in to a meeting where there was only you and another person uh, of the same gender um, and then to now running uh, a county council? Yeah, it's it's been a huge, uh, hugely humbling experience. Um, and I suppose... Um, I got elected in 2019, so um, even though I was experienced, if you like, in politics before that, I, I ran another election. But becoming a Hirlock um, of Leash County Council is uh, a one, it's, it, it was just hugely humbling on the day, getting the support of my colleagues. Um, but it's a very busy post. Uh, we've just returned from uh, almost a 12-day trip across America, I suppose, making people aware, <clears throat> excuse me, of who we are in Leash, where we are, what we are, making contacts making connections. We have town twinning arrangements with uh, a very beautiful place in Tennessee called Franklin, which is the seventh wealthiest uh, city in the United States of America. So it was it was quite a parallel uh, to be there. But I mean, it's uh, very exciting. A lot of opportunities this year. And um, even I suppose I'm the fifth woman to ever be Cahirlock of Leash County Council. So yeah, just really uh, proud to be able to deliver that and to say that. Um, yeah, it's been a it's it's been a, a very busy couple of months. And uh, popping over from that achievement to another, it's amazing to sit uh, with two recently appointed 
um, uh, uh, leading leading women, leading people. Uh, um, but for you as Minister of State, um, how has that step in? Uh, similar to Tomasino, was it a big step, or because you were always involved, or had been always involved in politics, was it just? A natural step into up the ladder. Every step that you take in your career, you know, yeah. brings its own new things. But it was natural enough in the sense that I would have spent many years in government departments working away. But Thomasina has just said she's the fifth female county chair. Here, like I've leashed, congratulations. Yeah. I'm the third female minister ever in the Department of Finance, wow. ever, and that's not enough. Yeah. That's not enough. And I hope my successor is female and maybe her successor might be female and rebalance it a little bit over time um, because it's 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 great to see women present in d d rooms where decisions are made and in particular on the economic side of the world and mm -hmm. on the economic side of government. But I think it needs to be a constant rather than an exception. Yeah. So we had a great in, uh, event for International Women's Day, actually. The department, we got myself and my two female predecessors, Ethna Fitzgerald and Avril Doyle, uh, together, three of us, and we had an event for International Women's Day for the department staff, the you know associated agencies, some women in finance, uh, and very deliberately to highlight quite how few there had been, and to 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 just name it, you know, rather than than be be shy about it, just name it and say, hey, that's not enough. Let's keep going and let's do that across the commercial world as well. Uh, so it's quite a drive to increase the number of women in senior f positions in the financial services world and insurance. We have a very strong charter, a pathway to be able to do that. Uh, but I think you've got to look at your own profession and your own department first and name it where it needs to be changed. Yeah, look around the table and see who's not there. Um, mm. And and you 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 were spearheaded right. a very successful International Women's Day event, right? Yeah. So I hosted similarly an event for International Women's Day in the Chamber of Leash County Council. Um, and we invited uh, women from a whole range of community groups. Um, I suppose we would have organisations for the various nationalities that we have in County Leash. So Syria, uh, Brazil, Poland will all have their own groupings as well, of course, as uh, Ukraine. So we ended up, we had 80 women uh, from so many different, um, I suppose, uh, spaces in our community, but they would never have had an opportunity to ever be in the chamber, um, you know, and I think it's really important to allow people to come in to see what it's like. I can sit here, you know, this is somewhere that I can be. I'm comfortable with this. Now I can see what's going on. And it's like, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Mm. Um, and even to see people um, there, you know, maybe even asking questions about how things are done and, you know, how are bylaws made? Well, how are decisions made about how money is allocated? Like that for me was really interesting that that was even, you know, on their radar, that people were coming in asking these questions. Um, but yeah, no, it was an absolutely wonderful event and people really enjoyed it. And I hope it's something that I get an opportunity to be involved in next year. Yeah. Taken from both your, so coming in from uh, different experiences to you, Thomasine, in terms of sharing that um, people who who never felt comfortable to put their hand up and walk into a space like you, you opened up for them on International Women's Day or from an advisor standpoint first and seeing, you know, I note in the parliament uh, when I first got elected, um, it was all men uh, who applied for positions on my team. Uh, and oh. I remember thinking, where, where are all... What? where are all the women? Um, and I had to really go find them. Um, and when we want to change politics, I truly believe you need to not look at just the candidates. 
um, or the Cahir Lux or the Minister of State, you need to look actually too at the background team. Um, and, and that includes your kitchen cabinet, which we might get into in a bit, but includes, you know, Fnogail, um, in terms of headquarters and what that looks like. So from you both, you know, what what was the catalyst to put your hand up and actually make the plunge to to, to get in to be uh, a, a oh, well, candidate? Well, I didn't. You know, I mean, <clears throat> what you're talking about is what happened to me. John Paul Phelan, uh, who was director of elections for the local elections in 2019, asked me and I said, no, <laughs> I think I said no. And I think I said, no, I'm not I'm not electable. I'm Just not, like that. Chipper. Yeah, basically, I know you a little yeah. bit better than oh, I, I don't want to hear the like, colorful language. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, I just said, uh, no, I'm not the kind of person that I don't think like people vote for me. I'm not I'm not electable. Like, and, he, and he sort of looked at me like, uh, you know, what? Um and anyway, I went and I had another chat with him, and it turns out I was anyway. I, uh, it, it, it worked out fine. I got elected. But my like I'd been involved in Women for Election and setting it up in 2012. I was one of the original funders. I trained people for Women for Election. I told many, many groups of women not to wait to be asked. I told many, many groups to put their hands up and to step forward confidently. I told many, many groups that they were exactly the sort of people that would be elected. They were involved in their community and then followed none of that advice myself. And um, it, ne it genuinely never occurred to me to run for politics. And if I hadn't been asked, uh, I wouldn't be here, I wouldn't have been elected person. So I think it's really important to go to people who you say, you know, for example, like I'd been working for Finnegal for a long time, for somebody to lift the head and spot somebody and say, look, what do you think? And, and here's a pathway to it. And this is how to do it. I think we can go one better, actually. I mean, I'm speaking to a woman now at the moment that I'm hoping you know, will will come first. She said she'll have a second conversation with me. I'm going to bring her to the AGM in my area tonight. You know, just softy, softy, just open it up a little bit more, show a little bit more of what's involved, take away some of the fear, some of some of what's different, you know, going to a Fine Gael meeting or um, talk honestly about social media and say, hey, you know, it can be a difficulty. But now that I've been through it myself, this is how to manage it. This is how to cope. This is a this is what to expect. And I think when you're really open and direct with people about what to expect I actually think it it makes it a bit easier rather than pretending everything is straightforward or rosy there are pathways to getting elected there are pathways to being a public representative there are you know there are people who have done it before and I think what we need to do is spot those who who might be interested give them a little more time to to come and talk and come close and then help them through the, the practical difficulties that they'll face. And, and we can do that. To, to your point there, uh, Deirdre, our <coughs> uh, diversity inclusion officer who was appointed. Um, she's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, she's brave. She's listening. She's brave. Yeah. Uh, way back when, um, I think only last year, mm. um, you know, she said this amazing line to me last week, and it was unpack the mystery of being part of Fine Gael. Yeah. Um, and I think that as you're talking us through uh, a female coming in, um, opening those doors, having the conversation, yeah. being frank. Did someone have that with you, Thomasina? Or um, you like, I, 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 yes. I've heard, I've read, I'm an alumni, let's go for it. No, I mean, I, I, I too was asked uh, to get involved and, and to put myself forward as a candidate. And, you know, after a lot of, thinking and soul searching and I suppose engagement with my family um, I made the decision uh, to allow my name to go forward and it wasn't an easy decision and I think you know will you know everything about it and, and then make the decision no and I think you know of course there's challenges and you know it's not for the faint-hearted um, politics you know there can be cut and thrust but at the end of the day 
it's a really, really rewarding experience. And even, you know, running an election and not getting elected, I've I learned a huge amount about myself um, and about other people, which I think has stood to me. Um, Will you share a little bit more on that? In terms of... I, I had <coughs> chatted to Leo um, uh, about his uh, loss of a council seat in 1999. Um, he'd asked me not to include the year because it ages him a little bit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but for you, you know, what were those learns? Um, yeah, like, it's disappointing. And, you know, people say, oh, well, don't take it personally. But of course, I was the person on the poster. Of course it's personal. Um, so I think, you know, for a few weeks, yeah, I was I was pretty sad about it. Um, but I guess I'm the kind of person who bounces back and, um, I made the decision to fully move to Leash, uh, and set up my own solicitor's practice at that stage, because I made the decision after I didn't get elected that I was getting elected in the local elections in 2019 by hell or high water. Um, so I suppose as the saying goes, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think also just something I want to, I want to add here, like in terms of a campaign team, okay, um, I would say I had three or four people that were loyal at the very at the very beginning, that you know, like they would they would sort of rustle up people to come out and canvas with me because yeah I had some friends and family and they were helpful too, um but so for some of my friends they're they're not political so first of all they didn't really understand it and second of all they were a little bit afraid of it and you know being in that space and you know but almost every single door I could count on one hand that I, where I didn't get a good response over the years. To be fair, like everybody that I've that I've ever approached, if they're maybe persuasion or they've never voted for Fine Gael before, I've absolutely respected that. But they respect me in terms of, okay, you know, a lot of people in the community do support you. But I think people might be listening to this and they think, oh, well, I don't have a huge team or sure, who's going to help me? Three or four loyal people mm-hmm. and around you is actually more than enough as, as your kind of base team. Um, and for me, like that was that was a huge um, plus in my first election. Uh, and then they really encouraged me when it came the time for local elections. And I was able to put my best foot forward and there was posters going up in the middle of the night and everything. So, yeah, it's just, you know, that part, it's not as difficult or as challenging to work out as somebody might think it is. Yeah, and I, to your to your point, I, I often quote Monsignor Horn uh, from the West, uh, build it and they will come in terms of his development of yeah. uh, Knock Airport. But to your point, you, you th- when we talk about kitchen cabinets, I think we often picture, you know, what the government looks like. So you need X amount of people on your team to rally and, and, and you don't, you just need some, uh, uh, you have a good story to tell, you have people to break down the barriers and the boundaries for you, uh, with you, uh, yeah. and then off, off you go. And someone that makes a good sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's always very, very helpful. The truth is, you just need a good start. Like I remember yeah. going out canvassing, and I had no idea what to say, just no idea. I mean, I didn't even, I'd never even dropped leaflets for Finnegale really before. I didn't even know the rhythm of it, you know. But you pick it up pretty quickly, mm. and I figured I had no idea what to say, so I'd just say hello. And I said, uh, you know, I just went up and I said, so I'm going to be a candidate. I thought I'd just knock in and say hello and introduce myself, and people were like, oh, that's that's grand, sure, lovely to meet you, you know. But it's it's not a bad way to start. Sometimes you just need to start, yeah. um, and as you say having two or three people around you somebody who's a bit strategic with working out where to go when to go and how to manage your time so that you're not trying to do that mm-hmm. a little bit of organization um but it'll be you know it doesn't matter what 
campaign you're on, it'll be the same group of people who want to back you and support you that, that come and that turn up and, and, and they are the reason that you get elected and that you get through it, to be honest. Uh, uh, just listening uh, to you both there, I, I, I remember way back when I was at a Women for Election uh, event um, and I was chatting to some women and I was asking, are you putting your names forward for different elections? And they were like, no, you know, our network is not big. And I'm like, all right, tell me a little bit about your network. Um, you know, one was uh, a, a mum to young kids. And I said, right, so when you drop your kids off to a Montessori or school, do you talk to anybody? Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I chat to a few or uh, football training or, you know, I'm a care to parents. Um, so, um, you know, support comes in and out of the house all the time or neighbours are popping in. I'm like, well, that's a network. Um, so it, it's yeah. phenomenal to... You, 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 sure. you don't name it. You don't name it. You don't think about it as a network. You just think about it as your life. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, like last week, I just went out for a pizza with some friends and, you know, it's not political with us. It's like, you know, whatever the crack is or holidays or where we're going next. And halfway through dinner, they said when is the next election? Because we want to go out with you. On, I was like, really? Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't going to make it political, but <laughs> here's the thing. And I actually was like so um, heartened um, by that because, you know, I never make it political because they're sort of, you know, my mates, if you like, that, that I have outside of politics. But they were so keen to come out and support me. And uh, yeah, but it's oftentimes, you know, like people are glad to do it. Um, they are. So they yeah. just they just need to be asked, or they want yeah. to be asked, or given the opportunity, or asked, told what to do to be helpful, of, of practical. Help, Absolutely. You know? Picking up from that, um, because I also love the analogy where, uh, as women on the ladder, uh, the political ladder um, or career, um, that you kick the ladder down to encourage more women to join you, and I think that's a, an actual beautiful story when we talk about trying to get more women. Uh, the mentorship piece, um, you know, the realities that you need a tribe around you or whatever phrasing network or um, group or kitchen cabinet, whatever that phrasing suits for you. But from you both, did you have mentor? You know, you had spoken about um, advising oh, in yeah. a, an office. I know you've quoted before Francis Fitzgerald, MEP, being a good mentor for you too. Just love to hear those type of friends and people you need to have the good conversations and also to say here's the tough tough love absolutely i mean the practicalities of it so one of the first people i rang if not the first person i rang when they asked me to run for the local election was francis and um I've, i just adore francis you know we've worked very closely together we're very good friends and she's very direct with me when when i need her to be as well you know um and like for example when i was struggling uh, i was at home with my child who had an illness and i just wondered would i ever get back to work i had no confidence about getting back to work and I really struggled to see what my pathway back from, you know, being a long term carer to back to work was going to be. And I remember calling Francis like not quite in tears, but definitely in anguish and saying, what am I going to do? I'm never going to get back to work. And Francis just said to me very clearly, you know, oh, don't be ridiculous. You have the same brain, don't you? And it was just exactly what right. I needed to hear. Just exactly. I was like, huh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, it's just a matter of time. Relax, it'll be fine. And in the same way around some of the electoral piece, she was like, yeah, just get on with it. Here's the person you need to go and talk to and do this and do this. And again, it was just this great, direct efficiency. This is what you do. But the other person who was very good to me is Owen Murphy. Mm. Because from a sheer, just from a purely practical perspective, sat down with my team, what are you doing? Here, You need to do more of this, less of that. Just just an hour of just deeply practical assistance and 
it was it was a huge benefit and those sorts of conversations are are just enormously helpful yeah. uh, with people who are experienced and it's it's easy to do once you've had the experience of running and winning and you know what works or what can work or how not even what works but you know how to be efficient about your energy and and your team's energy I think uh, the more that you can talk to other people the better so that they can take the best of lots of different sets of ideas you know what works for them that's my what do you think in terms of I suppose for me um my sounding board is what I was thinking about who is my sounding board yeah. um so in my home house, it's all women. So I have two older sisters and my mum. So, you know, when I was my first election, they really were my sounding board, you know, in terms of like, I would be like, right, the, this is the Fine Gael policy on this. What do you guys think about this? You know, how am I going to, you know, argue for this? Or, or So for me, the very first post or people to listen to what I was saying were definitely my family. After that, um, James Deegan, who was a retired uh, Fine Gael councillor, uh, was my first director of elections and he was so kind to me so amazing always gave me confidence uh, in what I was doing and really just gave me so much practical advice um, you know and then I, I, I guess locally um, Charlie Flanagan uh, mm. TD is thank, thankfully I can call Charlie a very good very very good friend um, Martin Hayden uh, as well in Kildare our neighbour um, so no you, you, it's funny how in Fine Gael, I always say my Fine Gael family um, is maybe who's elected around me um, and to, to to be helpers if you like um, for whatever whatever questions I tend to have Amazing to, to your point you've, you know you've Ally allies are are incredibly Charlie important. Actually, Charlie actually hired me at Fine Gael first. No, I there you go. Yeah. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, you're back yeah. to winner. So <laughs> so we either have Charlie to blame or to Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, great. Uh, yeah. But but allies allies are incredibly important. Um, and uh, we often yeah when when you perhaps are not hearing it from uh, uh, women in your support group that there is so many other uh, men and people uh, who are willing to step up. Um, so we've talked about uh, the logistics, uh, the practicalities, a bit about the mentorship. Um, let's I, I think it would be a disservice if we didn't chat about the challenges and the realities of uh, social media, of personal space of motherhood um for for both of you but recently <laughs> yeah. most for you with baby tom yeah um, and uh yeah kudos yeah I, I just have to worry about dressing myself and getting myself out to work and there's days where i struggle with that so i really want to <laughs> sure and i'm not trying to diminish the moment i'm like just saying i don't know how y'all do it it's 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 just literally it's like the twilight zone it's like five hours just goes back in a, it just goes by in a flash so baby tom uh, it's four months now, so he's getting fairly hardy and very cute, uh, absolute light of our lives. So it's just amazing. You know, I, I probably didn't realise the impact that he would make on our lives as a whole, um, but he's just phenomenal. I didn't realise he was that young. Yeah. He's, oh, my God. <laughs> and your hair. <laughs> your hair. I still have oh, hair. No, I just so, said your hair. Oh, I oh, thought yeah. you said on your hair. <laughs> no, well, yes. Your hair <laughs> but your hair. Yeah. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. So the, no, the realities of it, yeah. And, and the practical. Look, you say. know, when I've kind of council meetings or having the opportunity yeah. to come to Dublin today to do this, um, it does take a village in terms of my patchwork kind of child minding mm -hmm. childcare uh, arrangements. Um, no, and, and, and that has been a challenge and trying to navigate being Cahirlock of the council uh, and having a small baby um, does have its challenges. But I have to say people have been really helpful. Um, and, and even you were, you were the your Cahirlock and you had a baby at the same time. 
Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to talk yeah. about too. I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit more about for those listening. And as we're about a year off now from local elections, European elections, down the road, general, um, like the pro- the 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 options on the table. Because I have sure. to say, and hopefully my notes are correct. Uh, you made history in being the first female sitting member of Leash County Council uh, to give birth. Um, which. Yeah, that's is, right. Uh, it deserves that moment of, <laughs> of, of pause yeah, and applause. That's right. Um, that's right. And what were the options on the table for you? Yeah, so the uh, legislation was actually enacted three days after Tom was born. So I was actually still in the Coombe Hospital uh, and reading all of this online. And actually then there was, uh, when people realised um, that I was the first pers- first councillor going to be eligible to apply for uh, the, the terms under the legislation, um, there was quite a lot of media around that uh, uh, around Christmas time. So in effect, there is an entitlement to take maternity leave from your post as a counsellor, okay? Uh, and that is 26 weeks leave with then an additional uh, period that would be unpaid. And you can have a substitute come in for you. So um, I suppose I hadn't realised how quickly it was going to come about. And I didn't know that it was three days like after Tom was born. I didn't know any of that. So I didn't have anyone ready. Um, you know, and maybe if now that the legislation's in and you kind of think, right, I'm pregnant now, I'm going to make an arrangement to have a substitute in. I think that's a really good opportunity for somebody. So whether it's somebody that, you know, was part of your um, your campaign team or whether it's somebody maybe that gives you advice or, or you know, a, a member of your Fine Gael, um branch or your county, that for me would have been a choice I would have made if I had the time. Yeah. So I had I had a setup in place that I was gonna that I, that I was gonna roll out where there was no leave, um, so I had that set up. So I suppose that's in the end what I what what I decided to do. Now the the really great thing for me is which I'm which I'm making plenty of use out of is that um, there's an entitlement to an administrator, so I can engage an administrator to do work for me. Um, I suppose when I don't have as much time. Um, and that's for, I think it's at, at the moment it's working out at about 16 or 17 hours a week, which oh, is to be brilliant. honest, it's more than enough. Yeah. So to help me with social media, yeah. um, you know, to kind of like uh, just to help even with the volume of emails that I get, just to keep on top of those, yeah. make sure that I don't miss anything, mm-hmm. you know, and like I kind of keep a sort of a, a, a spreadsheet of all of the things people contact me about, whether it's a pothole or a tree or a playground or whatever it is. And then we just go back over them and just check to see where those queries are at. But the administration piece is excellent. So that actually continues. Um, I, I may stand corrected, but I think that's for in about 42 weeks that the administrator allowance is available. Brilliant. Yeah, so it's absolutely yeah. wonderful. So yeah. well, I'm so glad you talked us through the options just because anybody listening and are at the crossroads perhaps of either starting their family and a year away from the elections and they're trying to figure out ultimately how to do both. I mean, what you've just talked us through there is you can do both. Oh, absolutely. With the support system around you, but you yourself can do that. There's there the options. Absolutely, absolutely. And I have to say, I think the legislation was really well drafted. Um, and I know that there was a lot of input cross-party um, from councillors um, yeah. all over the country. Yeah. 
and um, I think Councillor Lorraine Hall as yeah, well just had, a huge, yeah. had a huge impact on that she as did. well and a lot and of articles that she shout out to Lorraine she's had two babies while being a councillor and Eve now I think is four or five months old at this stage and you know Lorraine is is working away as a councillor and she's getting a bit of administrative support yeah. which is hugely helpful to her and you know her work gets done and she has a bit more time with her kids and yeah. it's a good balance you know it can so, be done so, so there is options and they're viable options you know it's not just lip service this stuff really works um you know and um not taking the leave was a decision that I'd made but it was also because I had it set up in place because when I was say back in August September looking at my choices I had to there was no leave available at that stage so Mm -hmm. let's just say if we were here another time and place I potentially would be taking the leave um but yeah but it's it's working really really well it's it's and, and, and I'm delighted that it's available for for women amazing can I bring in um, your own personal journey of, of late? You spoke out about um, a harassment case. Yeah. Um, because I think when we talk about all aspects, good, bad and indifferent about being politics, um, we uh, to hear the truth from uh, you, um, you know, can you talk us through just... Uh, ultimately, what was the, the the decision to speak out publicly at the time? I know it's been dealt with and I, I certainly mm-hmm. don't want to uh, no, uh, overstep any, anything that you don't want to talk about. But was that incredibly difficult? Obviously, difficult for you? Did a question you putting your hand up and stepping out in the world of politics? No. Okay, that's no, good No, it didn't. No, 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 it didn't. Um, I mean, look, I think there's two different types of social media difficulty that you can face, and it's important to be really honest. There's a sort of low-grade constant abuse that's, that's, that's there on Twitter or whatever it happens to be. There's this assumption of bad faith in, that, in what you're doing or, or uh, people writing things about you that are just patently untrue, uh, that, and that, that, that can happen. And I think it takes a while to get used to the fact that that does happen and how to separate it. And you very quickly realise that it's a small group of... Of, of yeah. people and it doesn't represent the reality of your experience when you're meeting people on the doors it doesn't refle- reflect reality really once you once you go outside but it can it can become amplified because it's coming in on your phone on any time of the day mm-hmm. or night and you've got to find ways to manage and and and, and deal with that yeah. but there are ways to do that and having gone through it and you know Marie you will have too and every you know you will have we can show other people how to how to manage that. It's not that's not a real part of politics, uh, as big as it seems. Yeah. Then there's the other piece that's more direct and personalised, uh, and that is actually over the top problematic. And so, my case, um, you know, you, we've had a number of different situations like that, but one in particular that was during the general election was just de- getting deeply inappropriate content directly uh, through Facebook Messenger. And, you know, that that crossed a a criminal line, in in my view, and represented a threat of a sort of an undetermined nature that I I couldn't quite work out, but it was definitely definitely a threat of some kind. And I realised immediately that um, if this was happening to me, it was almost certainly happening to somebody else, or maybe somebody else who was running in the election, or maybe somebody else in my constituency, or maybe just, you know, but it was, this wasn't, this couldn't have been an isolated thing or maybe this was being done by somebody who had already been told not to do this by a court you you know as you understand Thomasina um and so in either case my view was that it shouldn't continue and that uh, either to me or to anybody else and that I would get the guards involved and just get it managed and also manage any risk insofar as it existed to my to myself you know 
Um, and I'd said nothing about it at all to anybody until it, it came into court. And um, and even then I said nothing about it until the whole thing was, you know, dealt with by the courts because that was the right place for it. And that's that, you know, and it's unfortunate that it had to go down that route. But I think it's important that it did. Yeah. Um, and Sinead. And the judicial system stepped in and, and served. The its, guards stepped its in, the judicial system <clears throat> stepped in and um, and it, it did its work. And I've made it very clear that it's not acceptable. Mm which is fine. Like, mm. that's okay. Yeah. That's the system working. That's not a problem, you know? Mm. So it can be done. Yeah. And just to, I mean, in both cases, um, I, I, you know, uh, I think it's also incredibly important to those listening that there is support, um, no doubt, that you felt from the party. Ah, oh, geez, they were brilliant. Yeah. You know, like, fantastic. I mean, at every stage. I mean, I would have called, I called the guards, but I also called the local organiser and they would have done anything, mm. you know, to support me. I said, look, I'm grand, I'm fine. You know, I'll, I'll manage, you know, I'll manage in my own way. But at every stage, and then even when it was coming to court or it was coming to, you know, uh, to me having to go to court, my male colleagues just rallied around me and um, came with me and supported me. And it was funny, I actually got more criticism from them afterwards for not asking them to come. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they, took it, they took it personally. And I just thought it was very sweet. You know, I, why didn't you ask me? I would have come. And I realised I'd actually possibly insulted one or two people by not having but you know I just asked a couple of people locally or a couple of people who I thought were you know I but but I just thought that there was such a lovely sentiment yeah. in that and yeah. such lovely messages from my colleagues male mm. and female but it really meant an awful lot to me to have uh, so many male colleagues on the day because I think it was really really important it's always important for men to stand up against yeah. violence against mm. women and uh, that meant an awful lot to me but no f fantastic support. Mm. Actually, Thomasine, it's something you had said earlier. It's uh, I, I had done something similar. I went to Women for Election and I looked at um, all the different political parties and I thought, who would never leave a decision making table on behalf of a group? Or who would show up, uh, to your point, Jennifer, on the hard days and the good days, which are easier to turn up to yeah. than the hard days? Who would show up and you look at the values? And for me, that became, uh, I could rhyme and name a bunch of Fine mm. Um and bear in mind we didn't grow up in politics in my household so uh, it's a I, I really those listening it's it's we do have such a good story to tell on all the days not just on on some of the days um, which then leads me uh, to a couple of final questions before I let you uh, 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 off uh, and, and pondering um, um, what would you say, taking in everything, the good, the bad, the indifferent that we've just covered, um, lived experiences, putting your hand up, getting involved, staying involved, uh, the campaigns that perhaps didn't work out, the campaigns that very much did work out, um, you know, that small percentage, Jennifer, that you mentioned online that is not even a representation of the communities we live in. What would you say to those listening that are considering getting involved in politics and directly to women and those from different backgrounds? What would you say? Well, for me, I would say don't let an opportunity pass you by. Um, you know, if you're approached, um, consider it very carefully, uh, but don't leave the decision too long or the decision will be made for you. Mm. Um, I had an opportunity. I considered it carefully, but I didn't take too long um, because I think, you know, you don't get chances twice. Um, if I was giving somebody advice link in with women for election or see her elected their uh, advocacy groups for women in politics um, to get a sense of, you know, where you are in the political space, um, you know, in the party that's most aligned to your own values. And I think 
Fine Gael have never let me down. They've always backed me. The members, um, other councillors, TDs, ministers, MEPs, always behind one another. And, you know, for me, that fabric of the Fine Gael family is it's hugely important. It's a party of integrity. Uh, it's a party where equality is hugely valued. Um, it's a party where, you know, you'll be given a leg up if you need it. Um, so for me, then the choice was easy. Um, but I think if somebody gets an opportunity, don't hesitate, but also put your hand up, you know, and just think about it. You know, if you see yourself, you know, or if you can start to see yourself in that political space and to be able to make decisions for people like you, because before I got elected, you know, I would look at the council in Leash County Council, a lot of fine, uh, honourable public representatives but none of them actually looked like me. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, I'm a, a, a young woman. I'm still going to say that. Uh, I now have a young family. Uh, I live in Port Leash, the fastest growing town outside of a city in Ireland. And if there's nobody there to represent me, then, you know, the right people have to stand up. And, you know, I was more than happy. Okay, I had the confidence running before, so I knew I was going to do it. But, you know, even if it's just a small thought or just even a, a fleeting moment that you think maybe this is something I can do. Explore that, you know, and reach out to, you know, members in your area, councillors, TDs, to just come and like tag along for a canvas. You don't have to say anything. Just come and see how it happens. See, see what we do. Go to a council meeting, maybe even go to meetings of different political parties to see what one, you know, that you're, that you're most aligned with. But I would just say explore that, you know, explore the idea. Mm. Um, and my biggest thing is, like, if you've got a chance, take it. Mm. I, to your point, I mean, there's, there's, there comes a point where armchair, I call it armchair activism. So at some point, you got to get up <coughs> off the chair um, and you got to say, right, to your point, I don't see anybody who looks like me, sounds like me, acts like me, represents me. Um, and when you look at, you know, first, fifth, uh, the female, fifth, the fifth female Cahirlock of Leash County Council. When you think of uh, the first person to take maternity leave, mm. um, when you think of um, all the lived experiences you've come over, um, then then that is the best representation in terms of saying, right, let's get up off the armchair and actually make that difference. And to Jennifer, to you, you know, third minister of state for within the financial, yeah. uh, a very, very important portfolio. Mm. Um particularly when you look at financial literacy or uh, equal pay for equal work or the pension gap or in our 50th year anniversary of being a part of the EU, EEC at the time, was the removal of the marriage bar, um, which is phenomenal. 50 years on, we're sitting sitting across from uh, yeah. a minister of state, Nicola Hewlock, and, and, and this, this is where change makes. So for you, those listening, uh, what, what would you say? Well, I mean, I agree with everything Thomasina has said, and I sort of step back from it even a little bit further and go, you know, Running for election in a functional democracy mm -hmm. is a fantastic thing to do. And when you look back on your life, the fact that you ran in an election in a democracy, whether you won or you didn't win, is a, is a brilliant, brilliant thing to do mm -hmm. and is, is a positive experience no matter what. And the reality of politics is that, as you say, being an armchair activist is fine. 
but you can achieve an awful lot more. In fact, you can achieve really when you're in it and you can't achieve everything that you want to do and you can't keep everybody happy all of the time. And even in all of the different government departments that I've been in, I realised that you have a, a wish list of 20 things and you get 10 done, but at least you got the, you, you know, you can't do the 20, but you can do the 10. And the fact that you were there and you were present means that you did it. Like, for example, Francis and I got the children out of St. Patrick's Institution 30-something years after it was recommended. Mm -hmm. And it was just force of political will that that was what we were doing. And it was worth turning up just to do that, you know? And those are the sorts of examples that you remember and remember forever, and they mean something. And politics isn't about other people or the people over there. It's about you and your community and your family and the things that you think and the things that you represent. And there has to be a broad group of people making decisions all the time. And so whether you run for Fine Gael or a different party or whatever it happens to be, turn up and be involved and control and it's a fantastic opportunity to to change the world around you and to 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 just to, to, to keep it going in the way that you the way that you think it should it's a great opportunity yeah as it was mentioned women for election see her elected and uh, hopefully listening to this you will uh, uh, look to our party and just to give a shout out to um, our director our, our diversity inclusion officer um, Deirdre and then we also have a candidate development manager in Kathleen so two women just to go to show that um if I'm a bit biased in saying this, but we're not here to, a colleague of mine said in the parliament last week, and I really want to adopt it, it's we're not here to crack the glass ceiling, we're here to rebuild the building, um, because that's where we're at when we talk about having that equal percentage of women at the table, but making that change uh, and actually leading that change. But it's not just for, you know, like you were saying there about me being in the Department of Finance, and you quite correctly referenced the huge gap of work that has had to be done to make get women equal pay, equal opportunities. But I suppose I see myself there not to do that work, but to simply do the job for everybody because we have to simply, we can do the work that advances the, the inequality issues in respect of gender and other issues, but sometimes simply turning up and being different and being of a different gender or different background and doing the job, the technical job, is an, is an achievement, do you know what I mean, yeah. is the achievement in itself. We've never had a woman minister for finance. I don't believe we've ever had a woman minister for foreign affairs. We've never had a woman Taoiseach. These are normal jobs that are part of our political fabric that must, at some point, also be available to women over mm -hmm. time in a completely normal <clears throat> and unremarkable sort of way. And when we get, and that's why I'm saying my successor in the department should be female. When we get to, that, to these issues, not being remarkable, but simply women holding positions because there are enough of them because there has been such a natural pathway for them and for it to be unremarkable I'm really looking forward to that I am really looking forward to yeah. that and it will come it's it will coming. come it's it will coming come. it's building yeah. it's building finally um we've gotten such a great sense of the two of you uh, over this chat and I probably should have asked at the start but I wanted to give you I wanted to give you a space <laughs> to breathe into this question um what do we not know about you Thomasina and Jennifer. What? What? Thomasina, go first. <laughs> <laughs> Those listening. Okay, I'll go. Uh, for me, uh, uh, my close friends will t family will tell you if I was to ever get married, uh, my bachelor would be Murder She Wrote themed for sure. I'm a really? big Murder She Wrote fan. Oh Is yeah, that, that Angela Lansbury. Okay. One? Absolutely. Do, 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 do. Yeah, uh, I could go on and on and on. But uh, there, Thomasina, okay. for you. Um, I love to cook. Uh, and I, 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 I'm a pretty good cook and uh, I love hosting. What's so your best dish? My best dish, um, oh, too many. I would say butter chicken if it's a comfort, mm. if it's a comfort moment. I do a very good roast. So like Christmas dinner, it's off the chain. 
Is that um, your switch off time? Yeah, I definitely get like a lot of um, headspace when I'm cooking because I don't think about anything else or I'm going to chop my finger off. Um, but I do a, like loads of barbecues in the summer. So people do tend to want to come to our house uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to be fed. But I think it's also that sort of, you know, I love like looking after people yeah. and role. love, you know, even I go to my mother's and I'll, you know, take over the cooking or whatever. But um, yeah, I just, yeah. So if I'm not watching... Uh, Jennifer on a current affairs on program. I will be watching something on, you know, Food Network, uh, Barefoot Contessa, one of my favorites. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and actually, Darina Allen uh, is an amazing um, leash woman yeah. uh, from Cullah Hill County Leash, and uh, yeah, so she's left her mark. All you know, I feel like I should county. have said something more profound, Thomasina, than murder she wrote. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. Uh, we're we're going to pass over to Jennifer. Now, I'm hopefully, gonna, we'll be on my people, part. I'm going to get people texting me saying, "Why don't you ever invite me for dinner? I heard you're really good." Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I'm just keep trying to avoid this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know what would people not know about me. I am a proper Guns N' Roses fan. Really, <laughs> absolutely. Like I've travelled to see them across Europe at least twice, and then I missed them in Marley Park, and I had brilliant tickets, but we'd. Finnegale meeting, I couldn't <laughs> avoid some <laughs> parliamentary party meeting that was pre-budget I actually had to go to and I couldn't go to see them in, in Rath Farnham. So there you go. I'm a proper, proper Guns N' Roses fan and always have been. So you didn't see that coming. I did not see that coming. <laughs> I did not see that coming. And the next, uh, next time we go out, I'll tell you more. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, just those listening, leaving the change happens at various points. It just goes to show you the great colour we have in our party. Um, Jennifer Carol McNeil, Thomasina Connell, uh, Thank you very much to you both for, for gifting us time on this podcast. Thanks, Grace. Yes. Great. Fantastic conversation uh, from Jennifer and Thomasina. And who knew uh, Jennifer loved guns and roses and Thomasina loved cooking as much. Uh, but it was great to really hear from them, uh, their journeys into politics, uh, overcoming challenges, and ultimately where they plan on going next and how open they were to sharing their uh, their their great insight. Um, if you'd like to learn more uh, about how you could lead the change, visit finnegale.ie forward slash get involved. There's loads of stories of some of our representatives about why they got involved, um, how they got involved, plus lots of useful information about how Finnegale support you and can support you. Next time, I'll be speaking to my colleague in the European Parliament, MEP for Ireland South, Deirdre Clune, and Deputy Leader of Shannadarin, Senator Regina Doherty. Um, really looking forward to it, and I hope you stay with us.